It's time for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington, a power hour of all things Southern Miss. For questions or comments, call 601-261-0898 or pound 981 for C Spire customer. Now we go live to the studio with Jamie. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington, broadcasting from the Eagle Broadcasting Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. This show, To The Top Talk, is your weekly break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Several ways to listen listen to this show. Every Wednesday night at 6 p.m., Right here on WF, oh, excuse me, WMXI, News Radio 98.1, sometimes WFR the score. We had to move from Tuesdays to accommodate the uh, softball radio schedule. So actually right now, there's a softball game going on on our sister station, the score 1400 AM. You can check us out, WMXI.com, streaming every Wednesday night, as well as the WMXI radio mobile app. Also, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. You can go listen to all the archives. Later on in the evening, we'll have tonight's episode up and uh, ready to share. Spread the spread the black and gold gospel. Share it with your Southern Miss friends. Share it with your Southern Miss enemies. They need some. They need some propaganda in their life. Um, <laughs> so what's been going on this week uh, in men's basketball? We had a couple of signees announced today. Uh, the first one, Ladavius Drain. A 6'4", 185-pound guard from Calhoun City High School in Calhoun City, Mississippi. He's a three-time District 4-2A MVP. Scored 2,318 points in his high school career. This past year, his senior senior season, he averaged 30.2 points per game and 11.2 rebounds per game. So, double-double. He's a scorer. So, bring him on. We'll take all the help we can get at this point. Also, we had Boban... Jack Donmi. I think that's right. Let me call John Cox and see what he has to say about that. A 6'9", 250-pound center out of Chattanooga State Community College in Tennessee. Originally, he is from London, England. Started both years at Ch- uh, Ch- at CSCC. I think that's how that would go. I don't know. I'm just making up acronyms for Chattanooga State Community College. Would have been shorter if I would have just said Ch- Chattanooga State Community College than trying to explain the nah anyways let's move on but hey a big man we don't get too many six nine guys here we haven't lately hopefully he'll be uh, focused motivated ready to go when he gets here on the campus of southern miss i saw a press release earlier today seymour tryouts if you want to try to follow in a legend's footsteps man seymour tryouts are going to be sunday may the 7th at reed green coliseum open to current southern miss or incoming students all participants are required to bring a completed application, a current physical, proof of medical insurance, and a proof of acceptance into the university. For example, an acceptance letter, student ID, etc. No previous mascot history is needed. You can contact Jonathan Swally, 601-266-6629, or Jonathan, that's Jonathan with no H, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N dot Swally, S-W-A-L-L-E-Y at USM dot E-D-U. Need a, need a new crop to come in. Need a new... I knew I knew Seymour to come in and, and lead us into the next decade and beyond. Also, I put up one of the old videos. I was trying to think of some ways to get the word out about To The Top Talk. I put up one of my old videos 
Seymour versus Big Al. It's got almost 200,000 hits on YouTube. Put it on the Facebook page today. So if you've never seen that before, go check it out at our Facebook page. Just search for To The Top Talk on Facebook. I had an absolute blast this past weekend. I was uh, opening for comedian Jim Brewer at the Hard Rock in Biloxi. Had a great time. Special thanks to everybody who came out. Uh, my friends, my family. Bumper, Bump Bailey was there. Jason Bailey, Southern Black Ops tailgate legend. Of course, my wife. Uh, former New York Met, Barry Lyons. It was good to see Barry out there. Jim was such a super nice guy. The crowd was great. The Hard Rock was very accommodating. If you get a chance to go to a show there, I highly recommended it. I had a great time. So special thanks to everybody who came out for that. Next comedy show. I don't have anything announced yet, but I got some some really big things coming up. We got our seven year Hub City Comedy Anniversary show coming up. I got a, a big name uh, coming to the Thirsty Hippo this summer, and then our annual Laughs for Life show, the the myeloma benefit that we did last year. Last year, if you recall, at the end of July, we brought in Frank Caliendo at the Sanger. Had an amazing night of comedy there. We're going to do it again this year, this time in August. So stay tuned in the next few weeks. We will be announcing who our headliner is for that show. Most of you should know who he is when we announce who he is. You should know who he is. He's, he's, he's kind of a big name. So hopefully we can pack it out. Uh, check out lastforlife.com. Check out our Facebook page, Twitter page, all that good stuff. It's, it's really cool to be able to bring these kind of entertainers to the Hub City. So coming up after the break, I'm going to have on a Southern Miss alum, Kind of a prominent politician in this area. Who is it, you may ask? Well, you're just going to have to wait till after the break. But I guarantee you, you will enjoy this interview. Come right back to us with more To The Top Talk, more Southern Miss action right after the break. To The Top. Welcome back to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I've got a guest for you guys today. If you live in and around the Hattiesburg area, you're probably pretty familiar with this guy. He is the state representative for the 102nd District right here in the Pine Belt. He's just thrown his name into the hat. He's running for the mayor of the city of Hattiesburg. Please welcome my guest, Today and Southern Miss alum, Toby Barker. I'm here with Toby Barker. How's it going today, Toby? Doing well, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, We've been working on this for probably about a year now. That's right. So we, we finally got it to happen. I think we're going to have fun today. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So a little bit about you. You grew up in the metropolis of Meridian, Mississippi. That's right. South Meridian. And... Uh, at the end of my senior year, I had applied to about 15 different schools, and I think by the time graduation came around, I had narrowed it down to about four and visited Southern Miss 
one Saturday and it felt like home and it was also the most least expensive. So that was, that, that helped the situation, <laughs> particularly with the, the parents. And so, uh, made the choice to, to come to Southern Miss and, and, and I can tell you that probably one of the better decisions I've ever made in my life. Well, you seem like you fully embraced it, man. Coming from Meridian, you set up shop in Hattiesburg now. Something must have won you over. Well, it wasn't Bond Hall, I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> it was like the old Bond Hall has been torn down like three renovations ago. Uh, but it, it was the people. And, and, I, and I speak of Bond Hall, but some of those, even my freshman year roommate that I didn't know before moving day, is still great friends. And was able to get involved in a number of organizations uh, from student government uh, to the Baptist Student Union, uh, my fraternity, Pi Kappa Phi, uh, Men of Excellence, just all of those things made for a rewarding college experience. And, and there were a few classes here and there too. Uh, but I tell people that just that when they come to Southern Miss to, to fully embrace that chapter, because it's going to be so, it's going to be such a big part of their story uh, going forward in their life. Oh, absolutely. What are some of your favorite memories from your time at USM? I think it's just being with people. And it's funny because none of my favorite memories involve class or (laughs) studying for class. But I I was thinking about that, just what what was the signature moment, I think, for a lot of us that were in that 2000 to 2004 range. uh, It was the win over TCU on that Thursday night. and, And I remember that we all stormed the field. And I remember that Chad King had this just ridiculous hat on, and and there was this one guy. I think he was an ATO, and he and he tried to climb the the field goal post as it's coming down. He was probably halfway up one of the one of the posts, but he 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 lived, and uh, the goal post came down, and I, and I think that was just a it was such a signature moment for our football program uh, to beat an undefeated team that was supposed to go to a BCS bowl, and and and, and it's so indicative of the Southern Miss spirit to to take down and surprise and sneak up on people and, and just be resilient richard giannini tried to blame me for that like i had nothing to, i was like we can't afford a new goalpost and they were like oh yeah it was errington that was out there i was not, i was not doing anything so there's that absolutely yeah that was a great time man. a great time in southern miss athletics and football i mean the baseball team was good as well but i think that's the year that we uh Hosted a regional, if I'm not mistaken. We did. It was that was '03. It was the first time we'd been to regional in, in, in a little while, and, and it was led by the the Jeff Cook uh, oh, yeah. combination. And I remember we 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 hosted that regional. We lost the first game to Southern, but then we we just killed the next two teams, and, and then we made it a Sunday against Baylor, and uh, and we were almost Anthony Dewitt started that game, and and he and he had to come out because he he hurt his arm on a freak accident trying to field a ball from the pitcher's mound. And we ended up, we were ahead by one, ended up losing by one. It was the worst experience. It didn't, uh, wouldn't talk to my girlfriend all the way to the car. Um, <laughs> that relationship didn't work out. Um, but it was, <laughs> but I remember it, but it was the, it was the first of, of a long run of regionals and then ultimately culminating in the super regional and college world series a few years later. How many degrees did you get from USM? Uh, two. Uh, <laughs> I have an undergrad in communications, uh, a degree that actually does not exist anymore. They've they've molded the other degree. Uh, the, the first communications degree was like a buffet degree, just so you wouldn't get burned out on one thing. It was just 18 hours of speech, 18 hours of journalism, 18, hour, 18 hours of RTF. Uh, got a minor in French for some reason, because uh, you know there's how many, how many French speakers there are in South Mississippi. Right. Um, and then... Uh, Went on and, and got a master's in economic development uh, and finished in 06. And that sort of started my career working here and then ultimately running for the legislature. 
What motivated you to pursue a career in politics? It was sort of a, I'm like the last kid in the family that's kind of an accident. Um, <laughs> I, I was the one that would always run campaigns from uh, behind the scenes, and it's actually a role that I prefer. Um, and 07 came along, and I had a friend who was going to run for state representative, and he ultimately, for several reasons, decided not to do it. And I heard some of the names of the people who were considering running, and, and by that time, I'd pretty much fallen for the city of Hattiesburg and, and decided I could do as good of a job or better. And so I uh, kind of brazenly decided to take a shot and run and was uh, was lucky or unlucky enough to win, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but but it's definitely started a um, an amazing 10-year mark with of representing House District 102 in central Hattiesburg and getting to know some amazing people. Now, they don't have the same reputation today as they did back then. But what was it like being the first millennial in the state legislature? Well, I'll give I'll give you an example from my first day. Uh, there was a very contentious. Well, uh, you walk in, go through security, and it was my first day. I didn't know any better, so I asked the security guard, you know, do you need to see my credentials? And she said, No. Why are you a page? <laughs> and uh, was was not a page, and, and she still jokes with me about that today. Uh, but. Got up to the floor, and there was a very contentious speakers battle that year, and and uh, several of us were voting for the challenger Jeff Smith, and no one knew who was going to win the speakers race. But you had to audibly call out your vote. There was no you know secret ballot. There was no punch in the machine, and so I was trying to find a place to sit, and uh, my predecessor seat was already taken, so I just you know plopped down in the first empty chair, and it was next to the sitting speaker, who I would then vote against. Like four times because there were like three tie votes, and uh, and that was welcome to the legislature. But no, I think that you know with anything, you know how you establish yourself in terms of work ethic, how you relate to people, uh, how you are willing to dig into the issues, creates your reputation. And I was lucky enough to have some mentors in the legislature on both sides of the aisle that really sort of helped shepherd me along. And, and push me to take on things like, you know, public health issues and, and then eventually make it onto appropriations. And so it was challenging. It was very lonely at times being, uh, being sort of a new perspective on, on how we should do public service. But, um, you know, it, you, you, you soldier through and builds a lot of character. And yeah. So you've been in, in the legislature, what, 10 years now? Just finished my 10th session. What's it like being there for 10 years? That's a long time. It is. It's funny because I'm, I think I'm in the top 10 youngest people, but I, I, I'm number something ridiculous like 40th in seniority. It's out of 122. And in, in our congressional district now, I think I'm in the top 10 in seniority. It's, it's, it's weird, but um, every session brings a new series of, of challenges. Uh, as you seniority does pay because it, it, it it allows you to make it onto committees and in places of leadership where you can actually be there when conversations on money occur. And, and that's been very helpful for Hattiesburg uh, in the last five to six years of, of being in, in, in those budget conversations and, and being kind of in the leadership in that. Um, but you, it's gone very quickly as well. And, and, and a lot of your older members tell you that, that it goes very quickly. I mean, the guy that I served next to representing East Hattiesburg, uh, Representative Percy Watson. Well, he was elected two years before I was born, and and so uh, and we and he's still serving, and we serve together, and and so the time does go quickly, and and you try to remember things and write down certain memories because it's a certain it's certainly a a great cast of characters from all different parts of Mississippi with all different sorts of political views. 
So now you're kind of in a place where you're possibly changing gears. What motivated you to run to become mayor of the city of Hattiesburg? Well, I love Hattiesburg, and and my wife Kate and I um, have lived in, in in our neighborhood in Park Haven for for about nine years, and we. Uh, but lately, we just have noticed that the city has faced some challenges and haven't been able to move past those. I mean, in the last few years, it just seems kind of like we're stuck, and you know, challenges like our public school system which we have great teachers and we have a great new superintendent. But, you know, we, we, we have faced some financial issues. We have a district that's now ranked as a D uh, for the first time. And, and that shouldn't be acceptable in a city like Hattiesburg uh, with, way, with a lot of talented people, with, with two universities, two major medical facilities, a military base. Uh, we should have the best of school systems here. Um, and when you look at our infrastructure, you know, we, we're dealing with a groundwater issue in our neighborhood. I know lots of neighborhoods are. Um, the, the streets, uh, I, was, I was over off the bypass yesterday and just, I mean, it, it, was, it was almost like this third world road there. And uh, we can do better than this. And, and when we talked, when Kate and I talked about it, when, when people started approaching us at first, not something I really wanted to get into, but as we think about what kind of community we want to raise our new daughter in, Audra, um, it's just no. Sometimes you have to offer yourself as the quarterback, and and because we have such potential here, um, but potential has a shelf life, and there's no reason that we should settle for status quo. We should strive to be the best, uh, to have the best quality of life, to be a premier university town in the Gulf South. We can be, uh, but it will take someone who's willing to lead from the front on those issues. What does the University of Southern Mississippi mean to the city of Hattiesburg? I think it's one of the one of the three anchors that we we have in our community. Um, since its founding in 1910 and opening in 1912, I mean, three landowners donated the land to put it on. Uh, you know, the state legislature barely approved its existence, but didn't pay for anything. And so, uh, thanks to some local partners and 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 some private donations of land, we now have that campus. But I don't think anyone foresaw back then the, the economic and cultural engine that the University of Southern Mississippi would be, not only for Hattiesburg, for all of South Mississippi, and, and even for this part of the country. Um, having to struggle, uh, ha- having that chip on your shoulder creates a certain mindset that we should always be hungry. And, and just to, you know, everyone knows that, you know, at many, many times we've not had the political cloud in Jackson. And there have been several attempts by the legislature over our 107-year existence to shut the university down. I mean, I think four or five of our presidents have either been dismissed or asked to leave. And uh, but but that just that should motivate every Southern Miss student, every Southern Miss alumnus to work a little harder to show that that Southern Miss spirit makes a difference in our character. And and so, um, but in Hattiesburg. I can't. I, I I think that if Hattiesburg didn't have Southern Miss, it'd be like a lot of other Southern towns that are slowly dying. Absolutely. And you talk about Hattiesburg, and, and I think to a lot of people that I know around here, what makes it a special place are, are kind of the servant leaders that, you know, put some put more into it than they necessarily get out a lot of times. And, you know, when I, when I get comics come through, they talk about how, you know, either, either, you know, that was one of the best crowds I've ever played for, or, you know, this is an amazing city, you know, just kind of like a hidden gem. Absolutely. So do you kind of see that trend of the, of the younger folks that are trying to make things happen around here? I think you have a lot of talented people and a lot of people who care about their community. And, and this, this kind of leads into something that we need to do a better job of as a city. Um, but we have a lot of people who want to see the best in our city. And, I, and, and like, like last Saturday, we uh, cut the leash on a, on a new dog park. 
in downtown Hattiesburg. And, and the, 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 the local government, the city and the county certainly provided some support. I mean, you know, the city paved the parking lot, uh, cut some of the trees. The county prepared the parking lot. But $160,000 that it took to build that park came from private citizens. And I can tell you that a lot of folks in their late 20s and early 30s gave $1,000 because they knew what that kind of amenity would bring to the neighborhood. Uh, and so, you know, there are a lot of people, creative, talented people who want to do well. And they, and they do well in Hattiesburg. Our challenge is how do we not just grow talent at Southern Miss, but how do we retain it here in Hattiesburg? How, how do we make it where, you know, you can advance in your career, no matter what field you're in when you get out? Um, how do we make it where you want to plant roots in the city proper uh, to stay in the neighborhoods, to buy a house, to, to send your kids to, to our schools? How do we retain talent? And there, and there are a lot of examples that we can see, whether it's New Orleans or Nashville, or Austin or, or Athens, uh, of cities that do this well. And, our challenge is to try and create that kind of environment where people want to come here and they have an opportunity to stay here. One of the biggest challenges that Hattiesburg has faced recently, I'm kind of curious what your plan is. Do you have a plan to stop tornadoes? <laughs> I wish. I wish I did. Uh, because at this point, I, th- I think all of us uh, th- that went through the 13 tornado or the 17 tornado, when, when the siren goes off, we kind of start breaking into a cold sweat. Um, I, I can't say that uh, my platform has addressed uh, tornadoes. However, I will say this, that you see the best of us show up when we are faced with adversity, and that's good. I think that we need to be thinking big and dreaming big as a community for how can we, how can we help those neighborhoods succeed in the long run, whether it's the North Avenues, whether it's Mobile Bowie or the Gula or, or you know, around William Carey or in East Jerusalem. I don't think we've done a good job of planning long-term success for those neighborhoods where the people can go back in and rebuild and expect the next chapter of their neighborhood, long and storied neighborhoods, to be better than the last. All right, I'm going to hit you with some lightning round questions. All right, Let's do it. Who is your favorite Toby? Toby Flinderson from The Office. Good one. Re- resilient. Do you have a least favorite Toby? Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire. What was Hattiesburg called before it was Hattiesburg? Well, I got you. You did. Well, I, I will say, I, I, will, I will respond with one piece of trivia. Um, Hattie. Yes. Never visited Hattiesburg. She passed away before she could ever visit the town that has, bears her namesake, and it is the only Hattiesburg in the world. And I, I think Colonel Hardy had like three wives or something. <laughs> you know, he, he was resourceful. Uh, <laughs> he, he could always bounce back. Um, in fact, we're actually the, the school district is building a park on what was to be his fish pond um, down down by the school district office right now. And uh, but the, the thing wouldn't hold water, and over the years it's been a miniature golf course, and then finally this really super vacant lot that's been there for the last few decades, and now there's actually a future there with with a small park there for the neighborhood and the school district to use. Very cool. Wait, Hattiesburg was Twin Forks, also Gordonville before that. That's right. Yeah, I feel like there should be a, a test for mayor before I go there get, a, get on the ballot. Yeah, you have to, like you the, should know this. This is kind of like the test for citizenship, right? But that's been like 150 years. So it's, I mean. You weren't born when the legislator that sat next to you was started office, so I don't expect you to know true. what happened 150 years ago. Best thing to come out of Hattiesburg besides USM? Rock and roll. Bam. That is the right – the survey says that is the right answer. And, and we don't do a good enough job of 
telling that story. And is there a marker down there where that? There is there on is? Mobile Street. Okay. okay. Favorite place to eat in Hattiesburg. I'm going to make a lot of people mad here. So let's. <laughs> how about? <laughs> I will tell you when I was in college. Um, favorite restaurant you aspired to take your date to was Crescent City Grill. Yeah, that's that's a tough. Uh, one. It's kind of the classic go to, and and then. Uh, Obviously, the Keg and Barrel. I think every significant event in my life is somehow connected to the Keg and Barrel uh, right. since since coming out of grad school. So I, I would say that those two are the are the kind of the places that uh, I've always wanted to end up. And then now we live three blocks from T Bones, so it's uh, yeah, T Bones uh, is tough to beat. It, it's it's a quick jaunt there, and uh, it's right across from the campaign office, so even better. I was I was hoping you would say like Olive Garden. But you, you know, you, you, the right, you chose the right answer. Olive Garden came so late, you know. Yeah. Actually, it's on anything on the other side of the interstate. It's tough for me to get over there. You yeah. Know? I feel like I have to pack a sack lunch. You <laughs> right. know, say a few prayers so I don't lose my temper, and and then <laughs> and then take a nap before I head that way. Uh, and you pretty much have to have like the early bird special to make it through the traffic sometimes. All right. What comedian just released a book called "Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg"? I just saw the. Just saw it in T Bones, but I, I I don't recall the actual name. I, was gonna say, I thought you were going to say favorite comedian. I was going to say Jamie Arrington. Oh, that's a good answer. That's Absolutely. a better answer. Todd Berry is a comic who came and who wrote the book. He's been here twice. I've talked about it on the show a lot since the book's come out. But uh, that's a, you had a better answer. Yeah, absolutely. It's like growing up, when I would play like football or something, I'd be like, oh, I'm Brett Favre. Uh, you know, like I'm Michael Jordan. Who do you model your mayor game after? Oh wow. Just because he, uh, he he recently passed away and he was the only former mayor that I really was able to spend a lot of time with, that would be Moran Pope. Um, Moran Pope helped create the foundation at Southern Miss. He was elected in his early 30s or maybe even late 20s. Um, and, and he, all-around statesman, all-around great guy, and all-around Southern Miss man. Well, Toby, thank you for coming on the show today, my man. Do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans and the people of Hattiesburg? Well, I think that we live in a great city, and all of us should take pride and never get down on ourselves. If there's any lesson that we've learned from Southern Miss or from Hattiesburg is that we bounce back. And, and we can go back and point to many of whether it's financial or whether it's natural disasters or whether it's um, – you know, a tragic event involving our, our law enforcement. Uh, the best of this community shows up when when times are tough. And the challenge for us is is to let the best of ourselves come forward every time and every day. And and we are at a point where I don't think Hattiesburg has really acted like itself in the last couple of years. And now it's time to just move past that and, and to know and realize what we're capable of. And, and then try to actually reach that potential. And, and I think we can do that. Uh, our situation is not the fault of one person or, or one group of people. But I do think it's time for an honest conversation about where we are and where we can be. And, and I hope that during this election we have a positive dialogue, but an honest dialogue, about things like public schools and infrastructure, um, how to retain talent, and just good customer service for our residents. But the future of Hattiesburg is bright regardless of what, of what happens. That is State Representative Toby Barker. My apologies on the sound quality there. I, I I met with Toby last week. We recorded this. The night before I was going to do it, my mixer went out, so I had to download this program. And, uh, you know, my mic was, was not as good, as was not really picking up as well as his was. So my apologies if, if uh, that wasn't the quality that you're necessarily 
used to hearing. Uh, I'm working on getting that corrected for future interviews. But, hey, special thanks to Toby for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We're going to talk uh, a little Southern Miss baseball coming up. I guess let's just get right to it. We've got a minute or so before the break. Southern Miss baseball this past week. On Friday, April the 7th, the Golden Eagles took on Florida International. In the first game, they defeated Florida International 15-4. to Matt Waldner leading the way with a triple, a home run, and four RBIs. Kurt McCarty gets the win on Friday night, giving up four earned runs on six hits with six strikeouts. Then on Saturday, the Golden Eagles defeat FIU 5-1. Storm Cooper, two runs on two hits. Colt Smith gets the win in relief. Then on Sunday, April the 9th, FIU bounces back, avoiding the sweep with a 10-4 victory over the Golden Eagles. The Golden Eagles, not their best baseball on, on Sunday, stranding nine base runners and committing four errors. None to say the least, the polls came out on Monday, and Golden Eagles still ranked with the uh, with the one with the well, I guess the two losses from last week. D one baseball had a sixteenth, the NCBWA, the Baseball Writers Association, seventeenth. USA Today had us eighteenth. Collegiate baseball nineteenth. Baseball America twenty first, and Perfect Game twenty second. We got some more to the top talk for you guys. Listen to a word from our sponsors and come right back to us. Welcome back to To The Top Talk. With Jamie Arrington, your weekly break from all of the high resource five propaganda out there in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Now, we were talking Southern Miss baseball before the break, going through all the ins and outs of this past weekend. Last night, April the 11th, the Golden Eagles took on the Rebels of the University of Mississippi at Pete Taylor Park, third largest crowd in Pete Taylor Park history. Golden Eagles followed up their loss on Sunday with a, another tough loss to the Rebels Tuesday night. Ole Miss defeating the Golden Eagles 6-2. to Dylan Bordeaux with two of USM's five hits. Taylor Braley set a record with 12 strikeouts. So, you know, if, if you're going to take a positive way from it, I mean, Taylor Braley went out there and he was game, but the bats just could not get it going last night. You know, it seems like whenever Ole Miss was doing really well, we would sweep them. And, and we're doing well this year, and they're returning the favor. I mean, it's just an ebb and flow with this with in-state rivalries, I guess. But, uh, yeah, a lot of ugly in the ballpark last night. There was more pretty than ugly, but there was some ugly. So the Golden Eagles are now 26-8 and on the season, 10-2 and in Conference USA. This week, the Golden Eagles have a three-game series at Rice in Houston. This Friday, they'll take on Rice at 6.30. Then on Saturday, they'll take on Rice at 2 p.m. According to the schedule, got a game Sunday at 1 p.m. against Rice. I don't know if they're moving that up or how that's going to work out. Usually, It's weird to play on Easter, but I guess it happens. Then next Tuesday night, April the 18th, the Golden Eagles will take on 
Nichols State at 7.05 p.m. at MGM Park in Biloxi, Mississippi. So that stadium owes us some serious wins. So hopefully we can get the party going on April the 18th against Nichols State. Then next Wednesday night, that's April the 19th, the Golden Eagles will be at the Tulane Green Wave in New Orleans, Louisiana. Hopefully the Golden Eagles can bounce back this weekend, get back to their winning ways, get things figured out. You have a lull like this every year. It's kind of to be expected. You hate that it comes uh, against a team like the Rebels, but at the same time, it's nothing they can't bounce back from. We've done it in the past, and I'm sure we'll have to do it again. Let's move on to softball. Last Wednesday, the Golden Eagles fell to South Alabama 4-3. to Then on Saturday, Game 1 at North Texas, the Lady Eagles fall 4-1. to Game 2, the Golden Eagles bounce back and win 4-1. to Then on Sunday, the Lady Eagles fall to North Texas 9-6. to But on Tuesday, they bounce back, defeating Jackson State 9-1 to in five innings. The Lady Eagles are now 21-21 and on the year, 5-10 and in Conference USA. Tonight, they're taking on the Southern Jaguars. I don't have an update as of yet, but I will give it to you next week, I promise. <laughs> this Friday, the Lady Eagles will be hosting the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. Then on Saturday, they will take on the Roadrunners at noon. Next Wednesday night, they will be at the Alabama Crimson Tide. That is April the 19th at 6 p.m. Eagle Fest is right around the corner. That starts on Friday, April the 21st. I've got the press release here. We'll read some of this off for you. Eagle Fest weekend, the big spring game weekend. Every spring we have at Southern Miss. 4 o'clock, students. They're going to have the student combine. 4 p.m. on Friday, April the 21st. And I quote, see how your skills compare to Southern Miss athletes like Denarius Antoine, Dylan Bradley, Will Freeman, Nick Mullins, and DJ Thompson when you compete in various on-field events. Compete in a 40-yard dash, shuttle run, broad and vertical jump, and more for your chance to win prizes from Corner Market and Powerade. Yeah, how do you compare against uh, Will Freeman? Can you dunk on him? (laughs) That sounds like fun, though, seriously. And maybe we'll have some cameras out there or something. Maybe that they're using it to recruit, find some athletes that are diamonds in the rough that can walk on. Then that night, April 21st, Golden Eagles host Old Dominion at the Pete. On Saturday, April 22nd at 10 a.m., future Golden Eagles camp. They have a free football camp for kids at the Rock. Registration starts at 9 a.m. Then they've got a season ticket holder exclusive. I got my tickets this week. 10 a.m., Champions Brunch, prior to the spring game, in the uh, in the end zone there, the touchdown terrace. Tickets are $35. They may have some left. Hit up the ticket office. Get your tickets. Your guests for this year's Champions Brunch, Michael Boley, Tony Smith, Jeff Posey, Hansford Dixon, Sammy Winder. Wow. I cannot wait. Looking forward to it. Me and uh, Jason are already making plans to be out there. Then, at 12 noon, we will have the Black and Gold Spring Game. Free admission. So you don't have to get a ticket to that. Come on out to the spring game as Southern Miss will take on Southern Miss. Your coaches for that game, the, um, what do they call them? Celebrity coaches? 
special. They got Jeff Bauer, former head coach Jeff Bauer, and former head coach Bobby Collins. So that right there is worth the price of admission, even though it is free. It's still going to be great to see those guys on the sidelines after the spring game at 2 p.m. They will also be fifth quarter festival, live music, carnival games, food vendors, and then the Golden Eagles will take on Old Dominion at the Pete at 4 p.m. Then on Sunday, 10.30 a.m., taking on Old Dominion again to close out Eagle Fest weekend. We're going to take a break. We got one more segment. Come back to us for more to the top talk. Top Talk. Let's shut it down. Special thanks to my guest this week, Toby Barker. You can follow him on Twitter at Toby underscore Barker. You can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. And keep up with all my comedy shows at Hub City Comedy. Facebook as well. To The Top Talk. Jamie Arrington Comedy. Hub City Comedy. WMXI. Go search, go search for them all on Facebook. You want to send me some feedback? Hit me up, jamie at jamiearrington.net. Next comedy show, like I said before, it's going to be announced in the next couple of weeks. We've got some great things coming up, up this summer. Last for Life, you guys are really going to want to be a part of that. So keep listening to To The Top Talk, and we'll have all of the info on that for you. Next week, we're going to be previewing the spring game coming up. We're going to be talking baseball and softball as usual. So don't miss it. Spread the word. Follow follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Subscribe. Go in. Give us a rating. Show us some love. You know, trying to get the word out about this uh, this program. I do. I want. I hope you guys enjoy it, man. I'm a Southern Miss fan. I would want something to listen to. So hopefully, this will fill in that void for you guys. And, And download it. It's on iTunes, so you can download it. You don't have to use your data when you're out driving around. Or if you're out jogging or doing yard work or whatever whatever it is you do. If you want to tune out your significant other, your husband, or your wife, put on to the top talk and uh and and, and just put your mind at ease. <laughs> Again, special thanks to everybody who came out to the show this past Saturday night down in Biloxi. Traffic was out of control, but I had a great time. The crowd was live. I got a tweet from Marshall Ramsey. And said that the uh, he said there was a Bama fan behind him that was pretty upset. I've got some some Bama related jokes, so uh, that made my night. <laughs> Chalk one up for the good guys. That's right. So, anyways, really looking forward to this Champions Brunch. Finally got my ticket this week. I mean, the names on that's ridiculous. Michael Boley, Tony Smith, Jeff Posey, Hanford Dixon, and Sammy Winder. I know I talk about it. Every week, but uh, this was one of my favorite events that I attended in the past few years. And the one last year was great. Austin Davis, Curly Hallman, Antoine Cash. I mean, there were some great Golden Eagles there. Hopefully we can line up interviews with some of these guys and get them on the program, especially when it starts slowing down this summer. I'm going to try to bring back some long-form interviews, some some former players, some former athletes that you know, you might not have heard from in a while. These guys, some of these guys, I'd love to talk with Michael Boley. I mean, I'd love to talk to any of these guys. It'd be great stuff. 
But can't wait for Eagle Fest weekend. I guess that's, what, two weeks away? Man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully the Golden Eagles can bounce back this weekend at Rice. You know, Rice is one of those teams, you got to think they're dangerous because they are Rice. But at the same time, they're having a down year. We need to we need to bounce back in the worst way. So hopefully we can get it together, regroup, sweep Rice, then go down to Biloxi, get a win. Have we won in Biloxi yet at the new stadium at MGM Park? I'm not sure we have. Have we? I don't know. I, I need a stat boy. I need a stat guy to hear just to kind of verify all of the wrong things that I say and, and correct them. <laughs> but anyways, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.